Welcome back to another episode of No Parachute. Today is February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. It is the memorial of St. Cyril and St. Methodius. Today, the first reading is from 1 Kings chapter 11, 29 through 32, 12 through 19. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, a follow-on, uh, skipping a couple chapters, but uh, or excuse me, verses, but a follow-on from yesterday's reading. Uh, yesterday's reading ended with verse 13, and we start with verse 29. The responsorial psalm is Psalm 81, verses 10 through 11, 12 through 13, and 14 through 15. The Alleluia is Acts 16, 14b. And the Gospel, Mark chapter 7, 31 through 37. Uh, this is an exact follow-on from yesterday's reading. And uh, let's start with the first reading. Jeroboam left Jerusalem and the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, met with him on the road. Uh, for context, uh, Jeroboam was a part of King Solomon's court. Uh, he was probably familiar with some of the groanings of the people of Israel during the reign of Solomon uh, about the extravagance of King Solomon. Uh, obviously, the temple was uh, very extravagant, and we heard about uh, the Ark of the Covenant being placed under the wings of the cherubim. Um, I imagine a, a grand set of gold wings uh, that these that the Ark was placed under. Uh, but the extravagance went beyond that uh, with King Solomon. And uh, Ahijah uh, and Jeroboam were alone in an area, and the prophet, Ahijah, uh, was wearing a new cloak and, and took it off and tore it into 12 pieces and said to Jeroboam, Take 10 pieces for yourself. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I will tear away the kingdom from Solomon's grasp and will give you 10 of the tribes. One tribe shall remain to him for the sake of my of David, my servant, and of Jerusalem, the city I've uh, chosen out of the tribes of Israel. Israel went into rebellion against David house to this day. Um, at first reading, this seems like just some historical narrative uh, that happened between the reign of Solomon and the split of the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, because historically speaking, uh, Solomon's son takes over Solomon kind of hears that Jeroboam is, is part of this rebellious faction, sends him off to Egypt. Solomon dies. Jeroboam comes back. Um, what I didn't realize, and this is something that if, you, if uh, someone who was a theologian or clergy probably would have known this, but the northern ten tribes of Israel were part of Samaria. So once we get down to, to the time of the Gospels, uh, Samaria and the Samaritan people were looked down upon by the remaining two tribes uh, of Israel that occupied Jerusalem and the surrounding areas. Um, and the two Samaritans and uh, at that point Israelites did not get along, did not see eye to eye. But historically speaking, uh, the people of Samaria were Jewish. Uh, racially speaking. So that gives some, some pretty great historical context to this reading and uh, the tragedy that really took place here that lasted 
so many years. And since I uh, am in front of my computer today, instead of in my shop, uh, trying to get uh, timelines, uh, King Solomon died in 932 BC. So for 900, more than 900 years, uh, Samaria and Israel uh, were at either at war or uh, at odds with each other. The Responsorial Psalm is Psalm 81. I am the Lord your God, hear my voice. There shall be no strange gods among you, nor shall you worship any alien god. I, the Lord, am your God who led you forth from the land of Egypt. The crazy thing about uh, the Exodus um, is how far back in history it was to even the time here of Solomon. Um, and I'll try to get historical context for that as we continue. My people heard not my voice, and Israel obeyed me not. So I gave them up to the hardness of their hearts. They walked according to their own counsels. I talked about this a little bit yesterday, but so I gave them up to the hardness of their hearts. Uh, reads to me like, uh, I, I believe it was yesterday's reading when it said Solomon, um, you know, we gave him what he want, right? He, he wanted these other pleasures, these other uh, rewards of this earthly life. And God allows you to chase those things so that you can see that they aren't him, that they don't, they don't give reward like him. They don't fulfill like he does. If only my people would hear me and Israel walks in my ways, quickly would I humble their enemies against their foes, I would turn my hand. Uh, how true is this when we do this today, when we walk in his ways, how the demons of our past um, you know, I, I have family members that work with, uh, the 12 step program folks. And when, when they turn their ways back to Christ, um, they tell me how much easier it is to fight their demons, whether that's, you know, it, it could, could be alcohol, but it could be any number of things. The Alleluia is Acts 16, 14, open our hearts, O Lord, to listen to the words of your son. So, hear my voice in the responsorial psalm and open our hearts, O Lord. This speaks directly to the way that we hear God is not necessarily with our ears, but with our heart. And uh, going into our inner room and opening our hearts allows us to hear the voice of God. The gospel is Mark chapter 7. Like I said, it's a follow-on from um, yesterday's timeline. Um or excuse me, yesterday's gospel. Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon, Sidon, to the Sea of Galilee, into the district of the Decapolis. Um, again, historical and geographical context here is Tyre and Sidon are in Samaria. They're in those the part of the northern kingdoms. And uh, Sidon is actually north of Tyre. So Jesus is going from Tyre uh, away from Jerusalem further north, so leaving by way of Sidon um, wasn't exactly, you know, returning to uh, where he would end up 
uh, in Jerusalem. But the other the other piece is that Sidon is further away from the Sea of Galilee. So if he's leaving Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, he's going north to go south. Uh, so he knew there was something for him in Sidon before returning to the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and the people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hands on him. So he's deaf with a speech impediment. Uh, he took him off by himself away from the crowd and he put his finger in the man's ear and spitting touched his tongue. Uh, the first time I read this, I, uh, I thought, okay, wet Willie spit on the ground, touches tongue with his other hand. Uh, it seemed kind of, uh, almost a, a comedic sight. Um, but then he looked up to heaven and said, uh, I'm not going to try to say this Hebrew word, but it means be opened. And immediately the man's ears were open and speech impediment was removed. And he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone. And just like in all of the Gospels, when Jesus says, don't tell anyone, the first thing those people go and do is tell everyone. And it even says it here. But the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, he has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. So uh, I'm going to try and uh, get us that timeline for the Exodus real quick. Uh, what I'm looking at is about 1500 BC. Uh, so my timeline in previous episodes for King David was way off, if this is correct. Um yeah, so David and Saul were about 1,000 BC, 1,050 BC to David in 970 BC. And the Exodus then would be about 1,500 BC. So we're talking more than 500 years between, or about 500 years between the Exodus and King David. Now, if we look just back at the history of the United States, that's all of that. Right? I, I always try to go, okay, how, how great is our memory of something that happened in the same amount of time ago? And 500 years ago, you're talking about 1500, 1520 AD. And it's like, uh, there's obviously historical context for us because the written word was, was more widely distributed then, but uh, a lot of what what is passed down is through ancient texts, right? Even in King David's time, the texts of Moses would have been ancient texts. And, and going back to um, the Psalm here, knowing that the Psalms were written probably by David and Solomon, uh, my people hear my voice Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, there shall be no strange gods among you, nor shall you worship any alien god. I, the Lord, am your God who led you forth from the land of Egypt. Um, what's kind of amazing is that the Israel people, even today, which, you know, 3,500 years later, still refer to God who took them out of the land of Israel and how it's it hasn't been lost or dropped what god has done for them so 
today uh, I'm going to, and, and maybe this is a, a good exercise for all of us to go back and look at what God has done for us. And, you know, for me, there's things that have happened two or three years ago that I tend to forget that had been profound for me in my walk of faith. But if the people, the Jewish people, and, and even for King David 500 years ago, but for the Jewish people now 3,500 years ago, can remember what God has done for them. May I remember what God has done for me in my life. We pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen.